Hey everybody, I'm Mike Falzone, and my memories made me feel old and tired and good and accomplished and good. Mm-hmm. Check out the show. He's him. <laughs> so, so sensitive. <laughs> my memories made me feel zesty. <laughs> right, right. You said you belong to the streets when the streets belong to me. It's like home to me. We need that record deal. What is up to all the colleagues out there? Colleagues. That's right. We got a new name. Yeah. Shout out uh, Venice on YouTube. I think you deleted the comment, but you said that we should be called colleagues. Copyright. Shout out all the colleagues out there yeah. listening. Uh, this is yeah. your favorite redhead, Sam Salem. And to my right is the one, the only, well-established that he is my muse. Little hey, Dan Dan, Danny Sellers. LaDaniel Sellers. And um, we're back with another Heater of an episode, Heat. but we'd like to uh, start out with the trademark Danny Sellers mental health check. I send you along to the streets when the streets belong to me. It's like home to me. Yeah. For My sure. mental health check this week. My mental health feels like the first day back at school. Ooh. But I didn't do any of the summer reading. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, very anxious. Don't know, what I'm, don't know how I'm going to get through the day, but you know what? We back. That. It's hilarious. Yeah, you're excited to see everybody, but you're also like, I'm screwed, but I'm gonna just go off vibes of like I, I'm gonna see all the cute girls. Yeah, my clothes look good. I got I just got my I just got my hair twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I did on my first go back to school. <laughs> Sam McCorn Rose first day. Platts. Yeah. The outfits. You gotta have a fire outfit going back to school. First day of school. How many is what was your typical school setup? Was it like two shoes? You know, five pants. Like, what was the setup going into it? Oh, man. I wore, freshman year of high school, I wore the, f- like, f- I wore black Air Force Ones. Ooh. And the $5 Walmart sweatpants and then a college t-shirt every day to school. What year was this? This was 2007. <laughs> so you dressed like an ex-convict out of, yeah. fresh out of prison. Yeah, for sure. That's what hilarious. Was your, what was your, what was your? Like my typical setup, it depended. So like it was different eras, of course. We talked about this, the fits and stuff. But um, it would typically be one or two pairs of shoes. At that time, Champs had the two for 89 joints. So you might have mm. some Felis and some whatever, some Reeboks or some some Air Forces. Reeboks with the straps. Yeah, I'll never forget though. Fifth grade, when the when the mid-top Air Force is all white, that's like right fresh after the the uh, Air Force One's little Nelly song. Yeah. Bruh, them, them mid all white Air Force Ones in the fifth grade was by far the most clout I've ever gotten off a pair of shoes <laughs> to this day in my life. People were just... Hyping you, gassing you. Yeah, it was like the that was the sh- the shoe to have, whatever the year that was. It was probably 2003, two, probably. Like, yeah, like two. That was the shoe to have. That, I mean, I can't relate. I always had trash shoes at school. So, For real? I would get like one pair of school shoes and then I'd have a pair of basketball shoes and that was soccer shoes. That was it. And I, I yeah. for some reason, rolled with the Black Air Force ones. I'm glad you brought up uh, back to school, though, because it is uh, back to school season. Ooh. And people, all my teacher friends are like, oh, you ready? And uh, no, <laughs> I don't want to go back to school. But Ooh. I have been thinking about just with working with Gen Z, one thing that is like energizing about being around students is Gen Z is always going to be the most honest generation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like one time but I said then that's kind of just kids But go ahead It is kids But no But 
when we were kids, we would like hide things from adults. They, if they're doing something bad, a lot of those kids would just be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, like yeah. one time at a school, a fight breaks out and I'm, I'm subbing at this school and the assistant principal goes to break it up, which actually that's a different story, but it was funny because her arm got caught in between two kids and starts getting like twisted back. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like the most frail lady ever. And she's like, guys, stop my bowling arm. Uh, like that's going to make them bully you more. Yeah, 100%. But anyway, so she asked me like, hey, walk this student down to the office. Yeah. The one that started the fight. And clearly this, this girl must have fought a lot because I walk her to the office and we get into the office and the, and the people at the front desk are like, you're back here again? Like, why are you fighting? And I feel like, I don't know, me and my friends or before would like try to come up with some lie of like, well, no, you see the thing is. And like, yeah, yeah. and she looked at all the adults in the room and was like, because I'm not going to let some little 16 year old who sucked dick at the 99 cent store tell me how to live my life. <laughs> she said that so, and she said it so commanding that the room of adults were like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty frustrating experience. That sounds like a pretty <laughs> That's why that's reason number four thousand why I cannot be a, a school teacher. Because that if if someone said that to me at 10, 15 in the morning, I'm gonna laugh hard uh, on a Tuesday morning. Honestly, there was I had nothing but I was just and there was one where like you can't talk like that, but I was like, Yes, she can. that's <laughs> hilarious. I was like, Have you ever had a sixteen year old who sucked dick for, at the ninety nine cent store tell you how to live your life? It's, you gotta just say it's bits, so. ma'am. This is bits, Principal <laughs> Williams. We're doing bits here. That's and, crazy. And I am sorry for the language up top in the episode, but I mean that yeah. is just that was her no. direct quote, and that's that comedy. is hilarious. That is comedy. And that is. Let's get into today's episode. Yeah, speaking of just pure comedy, that is exactly who our guest is. Nothing but great, genuine, hilarious bits. Class Class act. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are back. We just did our introduction already with me before you got here. So you guys did a great job. Thank you. Appreciate it. We uh, we appreciate that. Let's get our proper introduction like we'd like to do for our guests. Yeah. And uh gotta have a proper one for we got a heater today. Ooh, big time. <laughs> uh oh. Our guest today has been entertaining the masses since before the first George W. Bush administration. Ooh. After becoming a touring musician at just 14 years old <laughs> and opening up for bands like Third Eye Blind, he established himself as one of the first. YouTube creators, where he's been posting videos since 2006, a true OG YouTuber, mm. an accomplished stand-up comedian. You can catch him both touring the continent and performing at LA's most iconic clubs, along with being seen on Hulu, Adult Swim. He's the creator and executive producer of Surrounded, which Great has show. been showcased at JFL, Montreal, Netflix is a joke, even got bought by Meta. Mm. Zuckerberg wanted in on it, baby. Make sure you check out both <laughs> of his popular podcasts, Dynamic, Dynamic Banter, and welcome to our podcast. We love a long intro here. We are peaked, provoked, and all hot and bothered to welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Doesn't stop. A man who immediately after getting interrogated at the Toronto airport on his birthday, no less, got recognized from his time at Buffer Festival. Jesus Christ. Someone with a last name so iconic it beat out jean jackets in the iconic March Radness bracket. <laughs> and the boy from Stratford mercilessly referred to as Struggles. <laughs> <laughs> who rear-ended his classmates on his first day of senior year. Hell yeah. To cause a fuss, he'd call shotgun on the tour bus. It's Mike Falzone, <laughs> baby. Dude, that was great. I want everybody watching the show to know that you had like two days to do that or yeah, less. He's, he's like great. a day and a half. That's ter- That's very impressive. I, you know, I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, he's better than me. He's my better half. Yeah, we stand a, a workhorse. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag That's hustle culture. 
<laughs> if, I, if I ever have to, if I ever have to make a resume again, like you know when like people put the objective at the top of their resume, yeah. mine's just gonna put, be quote we stand a workhorse. We stand a workhorse. <laughs> Mike Falzone on Sam Sailor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice quote. A nice quote to start off the resume is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Derek. That's incredible. Um, okay, before we get into our main segment of say the date, I do want to start out with a don't read the comments uh, segment, a segment where. We read the comments when we're not supposed to read the comments yeah. because recently, recently we had a real pop off where we were talking about like secrets and of course we're just riffing, doing yeah. bits on a podcast bits. and I'm like, Big bit you guy. better believe the moment you tell me a juicy secret, I am texting my wife the moment it happens. Sure. Like I'm not keeping a single secret from her. Yeah, yeah. Of course, most people are like, haha, totally. There were some very, um, <laughs> there's some toxic dudes in the comment that were very mad. Psychopath. My favorite one was, um... Zesty men are at an all-time high. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch tendencies. Y'all wouldn't make it as a spy or assassin anywhere. Yeah. And to that, I want to say, yeah. fellas, is it gay to not be an assassin <laughs> or spy? Yes. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> to love your queen. Dude, so funny. So funny to be like peak male performance is, is keeping secrets from your wife. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a spy. Like you're a spy. Like I got to be... I just don't know what kind of like Smith. what kind of fifth grade insult is that you could never make it as a spy or assassin. <laughs> it's the assassin part that's also crazy. It's like where yeah. where's the extreme correlation of like just a spy is one thing, but to be like a trained killer. Yeah. <laughs> you would have probably already had to have gone and studied abroad somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you missed your window. <laughs> I wanna we need to interview that dude. I really honestly want to know what he does for a living. He'll never tell you, dude. He's a spy. He'll never tell. <laughs> He knows that he knows the record <laughs> requirement. The, he's the one spy and assassin who's com <laughs> commenting on Instagram posts. You'll like, never be one of us. He's like commenting and like in a, a spy post with like machine guns behind his back, like eye tape. Like you'll never be able right. He's been like somebody. under a dirty mattress for four weeks, waiting to like assassinate somebody. <laughs> oh, this fucking bitch shit. <laughs> on his assassin post, like you will never be able. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's looking down the barrel with a sniper rifle, and he gets. He gets your video on his watch. He's like, oh, this fucking shit. Talk to text. You <laughs> Guys, I, I would like to join in on this, but uh, I feel uh, like uh, yes ending with some guys on a podcast is zesty man tendencies. Yeah, right, yeah. And I don't want to. Yeah, no bits. Zesty. We don't do any bits on our podcast. Zesty men are at an all-time high. And I think the world's better for it, to be yeah, honest. Right. 100%. I like my men like my lemon. Yeah. Zesty, baby. Yeah. You need That's all like kinds of men to make the world go round. Amen, exactly. brother. Um, I hate them all. I would just want to state for the record yeah. that I do hate all men. Wow, even Martin Luther King Jr.? All. I said all men. The king? Yeah, king. MLK. All right, That's he funny. hates Malcolm X. Clip it up. Sorry. Yeah, clip it up. All um, of them. So uh, just sticking with don't read the comments, as someone who's been like almost 18 years of posting internet content. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any, uh, what, what is your relationship with reading the comments? And two, is there one that I've mentioned this on the pod before, but the one that will always, I will carry it with me every time I'm at the gym, I do extra sets because of it. A, a guy <laughs> commented that I have the shoulders of a coat hanger. That's crazy. That's so good. That's Dude, good but one. now you could use that on stage yeah. Yeah. and like have that forever. And don't give them credit. <laughs> Never, ever give them credit. No, I, yours. Those I are won't. your shoulders. And I've said it before, but. 
you know who commented that? You had the forehead of both Manning brothers. Okay? Ooh, so don't, fine. Anyway, so yeah, to your relationship with reading the comments, any any positive or negative that stick out? I think for years recently, I, I didn't read the comments. I think when I was having the most fun on YouTube, I was reading and responding to all of them no matter what. Because mm-hmm. I could still respond to all of them and do say something positive. Like, it's not that hard. Like, yeah. because you know what it is. And plus, we're all comedians. We've we've gone through, like, years of our friends, like, razzing us and really digging at what makes us feel 100%. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, some stranger is never going to, like, no. cut you that deep. No. So it never gets past a certain level. So I, I feel like there's always ways to, like, I like playing with people in a real positive way if I have the energy yeah, to yeah. do it. Like some, there was this dude who like was kind of popping off under one of my crowd work videos that wasn't even like the greatest video, but the joke of the whole thing was like, I knew the conversation wasn't going to be that good. Yeah. So I was like, watch how exciting this is. And it was very sarcastic. And then it wasn't exciting. And the clip did really well because a lot of people get sarcasm, but this dude like didn't get it. (laughs) And he came in so early. He came in so early on the life of the clip, like probably under like 2,000 views. And now it's like almost in a million. And I'm just waiting for it to hit a million. And I want to comment like, I bet you hate this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just get notifications still. Right, right, right. But Uh, it's, it's mostly like sometimes, you know, it helps the engagement. And I know that if I really like somebody and comment on their post and they comment back, I mm -hmm. know what that feeling is. Mm -hmm. So I like giving that feeling to people because I know that I like it. And then the negative people, it's like, it's so easy to ignore them. And that's what I do most of the time. Yeah. But if you have the energy to be a bit zesty. Yeah. <laughs> it zesty. is funny. This is the zesty episode. This is the zesty episode. That sure. is hilarious. Yeah. Everybody, It is the best when a hate comment gets in early. Yeah. And the video ends up being great. Because when, someone, <laughs> yeah. when someone's comments like like the bomb emoji on one of my clips that only gets like 3,000 <laughs> views, I'm like, yeah. well, they were they were right. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah, but when, yeah. it's, when it's something that pops off, then you just proper critic. Yeah. 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 Then you get them. Um, all right, let's let's get into our favorite segment, Save the Date, Save where we give you date. dates from your own life. Um, this first one, January 28th, 2006. 2006. Mm. Yes. This is, at least as of now, the oldest video on your YouTube. You're, I don't know if you'd ever went back and deleted, but we'll call it for the sake of this, the old, your oldest. I haven't deleted my first video on YouTube, no. Yeah, it's you singing in yeah. like a, it's like four different screens of you singing. Yeah, in the tightest polo that has ever existed. <laughs> I gotta see. Honestly, one, one, one of my favorite medium. things about doing, because you are just right firmly as millennial yeah. as you can possibly be. Yeah. And so doing a deep dive on this, like you have an Instagram picture of just like, the Tom's logo on the back of the shoe <laughs> with a filter thrown on oh, Shout yeah, out to Tom. Yeah. And every every white man, every white millennial man has posted that picture before right. of like, I got my Tom's. I'm yeah, on that yeah. Tom's oh my gosh. I was uh, doing my part to save the world. Yeah. 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 Did it work? I fuck, like it didn't work. Did it work? What was it supposed to help? Now they, everybody they has Tom's. Shoes. Every, <laughs> every, every, we every, shoes. every shoe, pair of shoes that you bought, they donate a pair of shoe. But this is really what it was, is a white man uh, a, a white American man went to Argentina and yeah. saw the kind of shoes that everybody wears. He's like, well, I'm just going to take this as my business. Yeah. And then pro- it's the same as like Patagonia. Yeah. Or like all those brands yeah, yeah, that yeah. are named after like South American things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know who would like this? 
uh, 18-year-old white kids. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pair of Toms. Them shits was, I mean, it's in retrospect, it was disgusting work. Like, they're ugly and not really well-made. They were like shoes. ninja shoes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would wear them with jeans, like, to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but I had. Like, sticky floor. Like, the moment a drink spills, <laughs> yeah. you are done. You are done. <laughs> <laughs> Zero water resistance. No, z- like, socks <laughs> with a sole on. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. You felt every rock. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, well, just speak YouTube in general, because, like, this was back in the day where, like, there were few videos that were getting like a million views. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you were getting consistent, like hundreds of thousands of views, which now like any random like <laughs> seven year old gets that on TikTok. But yeah, like back yeah, then yeah. that was like, it oh, was very special. It like special. drinking out of cups got like a million. It was this, this dude was on acid and he was like leaving a voicemail or something, and uh-huh. then they animated it with like the most like of the time animation. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just like weird computer graphics and yeah. stuff like that. And, and like it's just weird him tripping CGI. out, being like, yeah. "There's a man here with balloons for hands. What's right. up, Mr. Balloons for Walk hands? meter to walk away. Fuck you." Yeah. Only, only <laughs> video I remember of that time was the unforgivable. Uh, yeah. Waffle frog. <laughs> waffle, waffle frogs. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when you YouTube obviously not being as much of a thing when I know you. In interviews, you had said, like, when you first moved to L.A., people were kind of just like, YouTube comedy, Uh like, that's cringe. Yeah. And now, like, to be a proper headliner, like, one of the only ways (laughs) to do that if you're starting now is to get a YouTube following. And it's like everybody – I mean, now there's Marvel movie stars that have YouTube channels, like, a day in the life of. Yeah. So what has it been like witnessing – that change in comedy as you've been at the forefront of building um, a fan base on YouTube. Did you ever have like a big told you so moment, but no one cares <laughs> at all? Yeah, yeah. And so like you even stopped caring. Like yeah, yeah. I knew that it was going to be that way the whole time. Yeah. And even now, like with everybody being on strike and stuff, it's just like, it's so good to be able to take your career into your your own hands Mm -hmm. and um it makes sense that especially like stand-ups all do it that's why i can never kind of understand i could always kind of understand the traditional like i'm famous because i got on a stage and said some shit and then somebody in the back of the room put me in a movie or something yeah but as like now we have the internet we have like a bunch of things that make a lot of that time obsolete Mm -hmm. so it's like you could very easily be in charge of so much of your own business and own like creative output and destiny. It's like, I always knew that it was going to go that way, but there, there was some like pushback. We thought it was easy, even though it was arguably like, like everybody, that's the coolest part is everybody sees how much work it is now. Right. Yeah. And everybody appreciates it where yeah. when I came here, it was like, everyone thought I took like the easy way somehow. And I can never understand that part. And you were in LA at this time in 06? Is that when you moved here? No, I moved here 10 years ago. Okay. And that was what, 18 years ago? 17, yeah, 18 years yeah, ago? Like so I had about, mm, let's say, six or seven years of doing YouTube stuff on the East Coast before I had the opportunity to move Gotcha. Here. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, even I remember during the pandemic, remember Clubhouse? And that was like, I think, mm-hmm. for like four months. Uh huh. I remember comedians uh, being in rooms and comedians 
having debates about internet comedians versus real comedians even real comedians. two years ago. Yeah. Three, you know, like right. not that long ago where people were like OG comedians were like, I don't know the internet shit. Now everybody, if you're not on the internet, you're e- either you're massively already successful, you can just whatever, which I think those people still are now coming to the internet now. Yeah. Or you're just not playing the game. Yeah. You know? Even if you're great and you don't have an internet presence, you're very easily overlooked because you're not showing up where yeah. people are. Like unless you're Chris Rock and like <laughs> Dave Chappelle, you know, there's like eight people that don't need to have clips up. Right. Don't need to. Exactly. Right. Don't, don't need, need to. to. Don't want to. Right. That's the thing. But I have fun putting them up anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, and there's some unique people who fall into both categories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think <laughs> it is. It is so interesting too because that, that's at the time like Bo Burnham is the first like mainstream YouTuber to like comedian. I know he gave you a shout out on your um your poem about Jeeps. Dude. How do you know that? <laughs> Dude, this is like um what's that show? Nardwall? Yeah. Yeah, this that's, is like that. Like when he For gets a, when he confirms a guest, I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> Because it's always, like, a day or two before. Yeah. yeah. He, I don't think he's... Every time we walk in, he's like, yeah, I just uh, woke up at 5 a.m. to yeah. listen to eight-year-old podcast episodes. Of, <laughs> he does it every time. It's kind of problematic. Right? You found a quote from eight years ago. I just keep my ear to the ground. That's all it is, you know? Just it's, it's very uh, flattering is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I will be honest. There are some people that it's pretty tough to do <laughs> deep dives on in the sense that it's just, like... Uh, you're a boring human being, and I can <laughs> honestly say your your content has been fun to consume. It's, oh, been, cool. it's been a fun deep dive. Nice, that's cool. Of um, yeah, it's been a fun deep dive. I mean, and I actually, see. speaking of Bo Burnham and YouTube legends, this leads into our next date. We'll see if you can give it a guess. I'd be absolutely floored if you got it. But December thirteenth. Can I say something about Bo Burnham real oh, quick, soon? Mm-hmm. Go, dude. The there was a couple years ago. I had um, I had. Kidney stones real bad, and I had uh, surgery on my my kidneys. And um, I went to a VidCon, which is like the YouTube uh, coming uh-huh. on. And uh, I was like hobbling around. I had like a stint in inside of me. Oh my god! And I was like hobbling around. I was like walking like an old man. I was in really bad shape. And I I checked into VidCon, and I there's like a check in gifting suite. And I came so late because I'm shuffling past these crowds, you know. And I went in there and it was just me and and Bo was checking in. Mm-hmm. And it had to be like the last year he was ever at one of those yeah. things. And I walked up to him and I was like, dude, we've never met each other. And he's like, he's tall like you guys. Okay. And uh, and I was like, but you've been such like, uh, it was so cool to see you come up and it was such an inspiration yeah. and, and whatever. And he was like, oh, you're Mike Falzone. Like, I know who you are. I've seen you for a long time. Yeah. And I thought that was like, because I was never, as you've seen, the most popular part of anything. You know, I was just in it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was cool for him to uh to know who I was and for us to have like a mutual like understanding of each other was cool. That is that is an underappreciated part about this whole thing is when you look up to people, even if they're only a couple steps ahead of you, where they give you a quick little piece of love. And I always have, have to be public. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, what's up, Danny? And when like when you're intimidated by somebody and they hey, what's up, Danny? It's like, oh, oh, hey. You know, it's like, it's, uh, it does a lot for your yeah. fucking ego. Yeah. You know, it's not, or and our your, whole fucking job is ego stuff. Yeah. So to have something every now and again, like somebody patting you on the head and saying, like, I know who you are, good yeah. job. It's that's, like very important. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Yeah. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, there's even a whole interview that 
like in 2013 that says like the all of YouTube this seven degrees separation from Mike Falzone. Yeah, that's peak Mike Falzone, which Ooh. is pretty. I I know everybody. <laughs> which is I mean I mean but honestly that's, that's making the case of Bo Burnham again, who's like the first. I mean, I guess I don't know the YouTube history as well, but I can't remember like the the first like YouTube star, like. Yeah, uh-huh. So I mean, if even someone like that is, you know, I of course know who you are, and even watching your early videos, it is wild <laughs> that it was groundbreaking like at the time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you did start the wave of like it would be you holding a camera, walking out your house, and be like, "Hey, listen," and then you and you would go on like a rant, uh-huh. and it. It just seemed like I just thought of this just in this moment and yeah. I'm just going to – but I'm sure – I mean, maybe it was like that, but I'm sure you put some thought into what you're going to say. I, I always had like a notebook on me. Yeah. Mm. And I always had all those walks. I remember having like two to three ripped off pieces of notebook paper in my pocket. Yeah. And they were always like crinkly like a napkin and I would look at it and I'd like try to memorize the line and then do it and then go back and like sometimes I would get on like a little roll – and you can kind of tell when that's happening. And, but it was, it, I think about that sometimes, but I definitely wasn't the first person to like, I guess I was doing it at a time when no one else did it because there was no front facing anything. Yeah. Like we just had a DSLR camera yeah. and I walked up and down my street with it like that. Yeah. yeah. So that is cool. And then they started coming out with like, you know, screens oh, that would flip like around. Like the so vlog. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but that is what, like, I guess if a, if a kid, if a kid were to watch your videos from back then today, they'd just be like, yeah, that's just what, Yeah, that's literally what TikTok right. is. I mean, that's my whole TikTok following was just, let me sit in my car as if this just happened and just talk to my camera. Like, oh, I'm so flustered. I'm in my car. Yeah. But like you, I mean, as far as I know, you're the one who like started that wave and it really did resonate with people. That. You had so many. I think we should say that publicly is I was the first person to ever point a camera at myself. Uh, <laughs> I will. Into camera. Clip it up. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what TikTok is now is just like I had this relatable thought and I'm going to pretend like I'm just thinking of it right now as the camera's on. Yeah. That's how you popped off on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it was it was groundbreaking. And like I said, sticking with the great groundbreaking YouTube stuff, December 13th, 2013. Would we like to take any? December wow, 13th, 2013? Yes. This involves host hosting somebody. Hosting somebody. Yeah, uh, the Hank Green mm-hmm. of the Vlogbrothers uh-huh. wrote a handwritten note on a napkin saying, thanks for the lovely stay, less <laughs> than three. Hank, you guys were great. I owe you one. Yeah, yeah, What is, you know, who like Hank and, no. uh, Hank and um, <laughs> John Green, like Fault in Our Stars, like the movie and like the teen books. And All right, let me, this is some, I don't know white people. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Every every episode he does is, is every, go. you know, yeah, Sarah Johnson from yeah. the fucking white And this girl is also show. like a nerdy, like it's the you would pinnacle of them. like nerd. Sure, yeah. You would, they were like the biggest sure. YouTube. And, and, and when we were in high school, like our history teachers, would they would use them to explain. In like science class. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I believe you. I just don't know why. You're I making this less special. I promise you this <laughs> no, is no, cool. No, yeah. It's not less special. I promise. I, no, there's, there's very rich, famous white people that I do not know by name. Oh, that's, Dude, what? same. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know who Hank Green is, dude, I didn't yeah. even. To be totally honest, I didn't. Um, and this isn't a slight, and I hope this isn't taken out of context. But when Wait, we mark like, this on this, so we can, yeah, 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 <laughs> we look please. at the time so we can take it right please. out of context. Um, w- w- when we like met each other, I hadn't even seen their stuff either, oh, really? because even in stand up, I feel like I'm a very like solitary 
like I just kind of do my own thing and I, I keep my head down and I keep pushing forward. I don't consume a ton. Like I like what I like, but I don't consume a ton of right. like whatever's in the zeitgeist or whatever super popular in 2013. Like I just like Gautier and whatever the fuck <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when we first started like hanging out, I, I didn't, I hadn't even watched their stuff yet. And then I would go back and be like, I know you're popular, but why is right. that? And then you see the the like impact they have on like the adolescent science community. And still, he still has a thing where he answers like science questions on on TikTok, and they're like massively popular. And uh, and his brother wrote books and wrote movies, and yeah. they started VidCon. And um, oh, really? yeah, so they they blew up like crazy, crazy corporation status. I mean, yeah, they went from just like making, hey, here's some historical concepts explained to he's written box office hits gotcha. and started yeah. VidCon. And so question then, so you're talking about like consuming stuff. One, did you have like a, a class of comedians that you came up with here in LA or were you kind of always kind of just siloed into your own thing to that um, point? Mm, I... And this is pretty much the case with a lot of us, but I started with a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you know how – did you guys have the thing where you go out to open mics, but you'd always go out with somebody else so it didn't suck as bad? So, so to my – this is a leading question because I don't have that necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I had know what you're saying. at the beginning. Yeah. Like when I first started going to open mics, I would go by myself sometimes and then I would be so discouraged because I just wasn't funny and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then eventually the people who I started with kind of dropped off. But now I was having a bunch of conversations with people at JFL this year where I was like so many people who were at open mics learning at the same time that I was are at JFL now. Mm. And it was like I was talking to Brian Simpson about that. Like me and Ali Mikofsky were like the same class of open micer for Mm. a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to see – so many of those people who just kept working hard the entire time yeah. like, really pop off in their own ways yeah, yeah. at their own, like, you know, everyone has their own, like, pocket where they do it, right? you know, and it's just nice to see everybody there. I mean, with Ali going from solving women's problems to, isn't that the name of the segment of the, yeah. uh, of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's very smooth how you do it. Yeah, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. It's great. And you're like, I gotta, I gotta take it back to the theme of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I had Allie on an episode of this show that I did called Um Making Women Happy. Dang it. Yeah, I messed up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's all right. I mean, it only happened what, like seven times yeah. in the past fucking 14 years. <laughs> he knew but, it. He found it though. Yeah, he definitely did it. <laughs> like the, he's like the IRS. He's yeah. gonna find it. He's gonna, he's gonna find it. <laughs> He's gonna find it. Yeah, yeah. But like, you're asking about open mics because you feel like you don't have a. You feel like you don't have friends that you can go to open mics with that you want to hang out with. Because that's kind of crazy. No, to to that point though, I, 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 some of it is on purpose where I don't try to affiliate myself with a group of people, a a conglomerate of like we're this ABC comedians Mm -hmm. or we do these. This is the most is me and Sam doing this podcast, and we of course. Uh, do stuff together and all that kind of shit, but it it's is safe. Keep it small. Yeah, because it, it just feels like it's. Just I'm more, one of the good whites. Exactly. <laughs> you can't say. That. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's, that's, the, that's the first. This thing. podcast is what's gonna get me canceled because there's so many sound bites. <laughs> that's the last thing. Like a fucking. The, they said on the Mayflower. Yeah, I'm one of the good whites. Come on board. You gotta trust me. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I go back and forth because it is easier. It feels like sometimes it's easier to have that buddy that you go pull up to the store with, or you pull up to the improv with, or you pull up to a mic with. But I don't know. It's just, it's just a, a battle of my within. I'm going through within myself. Like, damn. What's the battle part of it? like? I feel like I should have more like road dogs. Where it's like, all right, Danny, let's plan a trip and we're gonna go to fucking San Diego together. Or we're gonna go to Seattle to drive and go to Seattle do shows together. Or we're gonna, I don't know, just, we're gonna go to the improv mic every Tuesday. We're gonna go to the store yeah, every yeah, Monday. Yeah. yeah. I, me and Sam kind of do that, but like, <clears throat> uh, I don't really have that like two or three or four guys that I'm texting on a daily basis yeah. to do stuff with. Too many zesty men that you're hanging out with. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're in a yeah. whole little section in your phone. <laughs> the zesty it's harder to get to. It's a separate app. Um, dude, I honestly don't think it's a bad thing. I think that you know enough people and you're friendly with enough people yeah. that like, if you wanted to do that, you could. But, you know, you get... I always thought that I got further faster by myself. Mm. And I never... Maybe it's because I'm an only child, which I'm sure you found somewhere along the line. <laughs> well, actually, uh, you have a half-brother you never knew about. Bring him up. Today's the day. Um, but you get further faster by yourself. You'll always have people around you uh, the more you do it where, <clears throat> you know, like people like Allie, we've just been near each other for like yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have gone on the road together just because we can and because it would be easy and it would it would be a good fit. Uh-huh. Um, but like – I hated being disappointed by people. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's a we were just talking before Mike, we were just talking about that. And that is yeah. a big thing for me. Yeah, you could talk to um my wife and she'll tell you that a certain time in my stand-up career, I just started ha- having the same like three or four complaints about the same three or four people. And eventually she was just like, if it makes you so happy, why do you hang out with them mm-hmm. all the time? Right. Or if it makes you so unhappy, rather. And yeah. I was like, man, I never thought about cutting certain things out and just keep going forward because it's scarier to go yeah. by yourself. But then yeah, I started to notice that even if it sucked when I went out by myself and like you go to those fucking mics where you're just there for three hours and you don't get up, like it feels more productive. You're more in your thoughts more. Your notebook gets filled up faster. And... uh I never really did – I was also a little bit older when I started stand-up, so mm-hmm. I never really did it for the social aspect. Same. I see so many younger people like in their 20s do it because being a stand-up is a cool job to say that you have, mm-hmm. and you're just around people all the time. Yeah. So I'm not knocking that either. I'm like if you want to do it to gain a group of friends and to meet new people – it is a good way to do that. It's very social. You're always around people, but it's not the way to, for me, to be the most productive, the fastest. Right. I was always like, I got to work on my shit. I can't really have distractions. I can't be caught up in like people's dumb drama. Like I don't yeah. care what anybody does. I don't want <clears throat> to sit around while people get hurt or like watch people hurt other people, obviously, like anybody would. But like other than that, like, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care about your personal life. Like I'm here to be a good comedian so I could like be good to my family basically. So it's like, it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. You don't have to like put up with people's shit. Get caught up in like the high school drama of the scene of like, Oh, well this, yeah. I I had this one time at the improv where I used to go there all the time. You know how you have to just go show face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was going to show face, and then I was there with a friend of mine, like one of the guys who I started with and did all the open mic stuff with. And he was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then and then we could 
go to the comedy store or something like that. So I, he went to the bathroom and I was just like sitting there at the bar and then he was gone for like a long time, enough for me to notice. Yeah. And when he came back, I was like, what the fuck happened in the bathroom? And he was like, no, I just went to go say what's up to Rita real fast. So uh, uh, we could go now if you want. So I was like, uh, well, that's hey, kind of the last That's the booker draw. of the Hollywood Improv for all the non-comedy right. yeah, people. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, and then I was like, why am I like, why am I with anyone? Yeah. At all. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is my shit. And I, I'm going to be sitting like a doofus at the bar while somebody goes and like rubs noses with the booker. And not like look out for you. Yeah. yeah. And and you don't even, you guys can both attest to this because you're both good comedians, but nothing gets you further faster than killing in, in front of people, like, like really doing well. Right. So whatever you got to do to get yourself to the point where you're like not kidding yourself and you're really doing well yeah. Yeah. on stage that is going to progress you forward. All the other things are just like speed bump bullshit. 100%. Yeah. So, They'll take yeah. care of themselves. Um, that's good to hear, though. I know you're good to the – yeah, that's just a common thing that I've been battling with a lot. Yeah. Just trying to, like, navigate it. But go ahead. I mean, I think it is a common thing where you see – you do see some people who are really good at networking, so they get opportunities that right. you that, wouldn't exp- – that yeah. they not that yeah. they should or shouldn't. Nobody deserves anything. And then you, it makes you think like, oh, I need to be networking more. But really, that person, it will catch up with them if they didn't, if they put all their work into networking and none of it into yeah. being a great comedian. And there's a balance, and, and sometimes that works for that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, the yeah. most important thing is like eyes on your own paper. It doesn't mm-hmm. like so easy to get caught up with what we do with like what the person who was presumably just right next to us got. Right. Like we were just right next to each other. Yeah. Why are you suddenly here? Because you know three more people that I don't know. Right. That stuff will happen, but it can't affect how you're getting your shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's so funny because there's two comics I was talking to last night, which I see them around, but I'm not like best friends with them. And we all start talking at the store and it all kind of comes up like, well, I wish what I had what you had. Well, I wish I... And it was like, well, your friend, Spider-Man meme. Of like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, this guy, you have, <clears throat> you're friends with comics with Netflix specials and they put you on show sometimes. I wish I had that. Yeah. I and, wish I had good comic friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was like, okay, well, you're a, like for our level, you're a door guy at the comedy store. I wish yeah. the comedy store knew who I was. And sure, like, yeah. and then they're like, well, you have more social media following. I'm like, who cares? Like that doesn't, and it was all just like mm-hmm. every, what everybody else has seems more valuable when, Always. when you're not the one who has it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into our last date, July. July 25th, 2023. This is probably the most recent date to recording. And you would think that spot. would make it easier. Um, <laughs> two weeks ago. I spoke a lot of weed. I can't really remember a lot. Come on, where were you two weeks ago? Or three? Well, big event. Oh, JFL. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the God country. Damn it, so for the, for the non- uh, big comedy fans. I mean, you would you like to explain JFL to them? No, you do it. People? I like the way you do it. Okay. <laughs> I like the way you do it. Montreal Just for Laughs is like the biggest comedy <clears throat> festival in the yeah. world. Back in the day, if you got uh, new faces at JFL, it basically meant like, oh, you get your own sitcom. It is still a very big deal now. It's a very prestigious, a lot of industry there. And you're, uh, not only were you there performing, it's because the show you created <clears throat> surrounded a crowd work show. Mm-hmm. Um which, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it? The first iteration of it was Mike Felzone's Friends and Friends. Friends and Friends. At Open Source. 
Open space. Open space cafe. Yeah, this show's a goddamn joke. Open space. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it was on Fairfax, and it was like a black box theater in the back of a coffee shop, and it was just a random um, crowd work show because I love doing it, and it's it's the same thing as as Surrounded, where it's like the whole reason it exists because I like forcing my friends to do like my favorite part of stand up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, I, I love watching my friends bomb and like struggle <laughs> and, and get really nervous. Like everyone gets so nervous and then eight times out of 10 people do really good. And then on top of that, people come back to me afterwards and they're like, thank you for forcing me to do that show. Cause now I've been doing crowd work on the road and it's so much fun. Yeah, that's yeah. And that's the fucking best. That is so Everybody cool. gets so scared, like just talking to people without like a net. And uh, and then they realize they could do it because everybody's funny. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I could just do this part. Right. Yeah, you could do this part. <laughs> not, not to that level, but I have a small storytelling show. And I've, there's, it's so funny how many times I've asked someone to do a show and they're like, I've never told it. I've never done storytelling. Like, I promise you have done storytelling yeah, if you are yeah, a stand-up yeah, yeah. comedian. I mean, yeah. there's a few people that are strictly one-liners. And then I'm like, just it's a 10-minute story. You can don't. And then but when they do it, they're like, oh, I can – I can tell mm-hmm. like, when you force people to do something, like you said, without an edit, mm-hmm. it makes them believe that they can actually do it. There's so many things I want to ask you about Surrounded. Um, one, to go from high school, people calling you the F-slur because <laughs> oh, you were playing acoustic guitar in cafes. That's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and them calling you, coaches calling you struggles just because yeah. you were a chubby kid who tried hard and wasn't great at basketball yeah he yeah. deep dives the most traumatic <laughs> dude but <laughs> I, that, I remember that shit every day <laughs> to, to, to go from that this is a message to the haters moment to go from that exactly. to being the executive producer where one of the the top five largest companies in the world is buying it at the most famous comedy festival where marlon wayans and mark norman and some of the biggest comedy stars of yesterday and today yeah. are performing at it like was it like a pinch me moment like looking back like look at how far yeah um, and I had a bunch of awesome comedians like Orlando Leba being like, remember this and like make this week go slow. Mm. And like every once in a while, somebody would like take me aside and remind me how special it was. And um, that meant a lot. I had a moment with um, Marlon Wayans um, backstage where I was like, I grew up watching yeah. In Living Color. Yeah. And now you're on my show. And that is fucking crazy. That's amazing. And he was like, are the snacks in my dressing room or not? (laughs) 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 No, but it was just, uh, I was just watching that episode today because I got to give notes for the edit. Uh Um, But it's just awesome. It's awesome to see this fucking logo that I had my friend make up. Uh, My friend Alan Guzman um, is like this amazing graphic designer. And to see that logo on a stage that like Marlon Wayans is on and Chris Red and yeah. and all these amazing comedians. Um, it's just fucking awesome. And I, I I tried to be very present during the whole thing. That's yeah. I've done it at the improv. I, I that was one of my favorite shows I've done in yeah. a minute. It was so much fun. And uh, but to your point though, do you feel like your YouTube experience and like using that part of your brain from a production standpoint helped you elevate that show to where it is now? Because we have all started comedy shows. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like 85% of comedians start a comedy show, but yeah. they don't get it to the point where it's a franchise. You can take it on the road and stuff. So what what do you think uh, is the 
the reason or the genesis of being able to elevate it to that point? Or what was the motivation or anything? Like that? <clears throat> um, well, the motivation is the same reason why any of us start a show. Like there's not enough stage time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people tell you that if you're not getting opportunities, you got to make your own. So that's what I did with that. Yeah. That's what I did with the Friends and Friends show is like I just wanted to do crowd work because I thought it was fun. Yeah. And then once I saw – like how much fun other people were having doing it and going to it. Like it's hard to get people to a show. It's so much harder to have people who come back every month because yeah. they're like looking forward to it. Yeah. And once we started having that, that felt really special. And all the comedians, the conversations that I just talked about a couple of minutes ago, like that makes it special. Like it has to resonate and it has to have use to a bunch of other people. And so I was thinking that, like the show that you were on mm -hmm. and the shows with celebrities and some of the biggest comedians in the world in Montreal, it all feels the same. Okay. Like the feelings mm -hmm. with the audience and the comedians backstage and the hosts, like uh, Lil Rel was the host. Oh my God. And so for him to be like in my position and like rushing around, like, how do you pronounce this person's name? Like, I know all those yeah, feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, cool. and it was so cool that the biggest version of the show so far had the smallest version of the show's energy. So I was like, there's something special about that. Yeah. And that's why I'm not too worried about like, you know, it doesn't matter what company has it or or who's doing what with it because the soul of the show, it's very hard to, like, rip that out because it's so simple. Yeah. You know, and the feeling is the same. And so that I thought was kind of special. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm glad you had that experience. Couldn't be a nicer guy in oh. L.A. comedy scene. <laughs> always so cheerful. Always uh, yeah. chatting people up. Thanks, man. Also, I mean, real uh, last question before we uh, wrap things up here. The people are wanting to know. I've seen some pictures of you in high school to know. <laughs> Not much aging going on. What's the what's the skincare routine? What's the skincare routine that we're have doing? Have a beard and long hair that shields you from the sun. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Big hats. Yeah, big hats. That's church yeah. hats. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. I don't do anything. I'm also Italian, so we have greasy. We're greasy. So mm -hmm. it, I think it preserves. We're greasy. Yeah. Yeah. We're greasy, greasy and zesty. Aioli. Yeah. <laughs> anything else we, you would like to ask this? This beautiful oh, man. man. Thank you. Like I said, I, I was excited to talk. I love Surrounded. I thank feel you. Like, uh, you did a great job. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we got to have you on. Yeah, I would love to, but not offended. You know, I know how it goes. Is that what this was about? Yeah. Is that, are these even running? No. <laughs> <laughs> the walls just fall down. <laughs> it's, paper. It's, just, it's paper walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny, perfect way to end this fucking episode. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you. We appreciate if the walls fall in. down and there's a crowd all around, <laughs> yeah. Them, yeah. Just, okay, do we it. got them. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, anything that specific you'd like to plug to the people? Fuck. The next Surrounded Crowd Work Show in the main room of the Hollywood Improv is September, Friday, September 1st at 730. Uh, Zaynab Johnson, Drew Lynch, Malcolm Barrett, me, Leslie Lau. Great comics. Um, fuck. And somebody else <laughs> who is on the show that I forgot. But you're going to be there, so that's really the main selling there. point. Yeah. It's a fire lineup. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. If you're in L.A., Want to go to a great show? Surrounded is phenomenal. It's fun. Dude, best date night 
Yeah. Best date night thing ever. Because yeah. everybody asks, if you if you are on like a first or second date and you want to know everything about that person yes. in the you, funniest way possible, yeah. go to Surround. How they interact with strangers, <laughs> all that shit. If they're, they're, they're a, a tight ass or if they're cool, take them to Surround it. Yeah. You see in that first hour <laughs> yeah. how they can react to adversity. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun for everybody in the crowd and the comics feel like they made something together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know how the regular shows are, and I have all the love in the world for the regular shows, but it's like we go up and we do our sets, and we're either like that went good or that went bad, or they were a good crowd or they were a bad crowd, but the surrounded show is good because both of the Mm -hmm. entities are are doing something. Yeah. It feels like the cool kid nature of stand-up, like with the hopefulness of improv. Yeah. It's like taking the boat. It's kind of taking the bodies of both. That's a good way to put it. Which is awesome. Uh, Also, make sure you go stream on Spotify, Mike Felzone and the Peppermint Trick. (laughs) And, uh... I hate this show. We love you guys so much. (laughs) Dude. Dude. That's Um, the thing that blows up. Oh, you like comedy, don't you? Ha, ha, ha. That was a good conversation. Uh... Mike Falzone, he's my North Star now. Yeah. He's good, my comedy North good Star. Good, Danny good is guy. my muse and he was my North Star. Yeah. Big uh, bro. A lot of big bros. Yeah. I mean, I I think um, people don't realize, like, he is really a trailblazer to a lot of stuff in, like, a comedian using YouTube. And, like, he was uploading, like, front-facing camera stuff. Now that is what TikTok is. Like, he was doing that in 2008. And, and in a way that was so genuine that you yeah. look back at the comments and it's people who've like, I've never seen this before. I feel so, oh, I've never thought about it that way. Or I've, I didn't know people also thought like this, this is so relatable. And he, he's just, it's also because he's very much genuine, energetic person. But like, I really do suggest if you want to like, if you want to go into a time capsule of like what the YouTube days were like. I mean, look up Mike Falzone, scroll back to like his his videos. I mean, and he was getting like respect from people like Bo Burnham and like yeah. the, the Vlog me, Brothers. For me, it was more so interesting. Like I said, we all, you know, start shows or do things, whatever. But to, for him to kind of, not kind of, but grow surrounded to a point where it's, you know, franchised or licensed, um, that's like the dream for a lot of us, you know, to be able to, to build something like That's that. Like beyond the dream, to yeah, be yeah. honest. And it's just it's just cool to see, I don't know, just how we all navigate this shit in our own different little ways. Because it is a lot of different ways to skin a cat in this game. And sometimes we get really frustrated, as we were talking about, with like what this person has or how do I get to here or whatever. But there really is a lot of value in make, just making good stuff and... And building your own thing and like people and dollars will come eventually. And that's what's happening with me surrounded. It's a, it is a fun show. If you're in LA at any point or wherever he goes, into, you know, I think he's done in New York a bunch of times or whatever. Austin. Pull and up. now you don't even have to. I mean, Meta, the which Facebook is now Meta, like they bought it and they have like a virtual reality thing. Like you'll you'll be able to you'll be able to stream it. I know there's like YouTube videos yeah. as well. So go to a live show for sure. That's the best. But even if you can't uh, you should you should definitely check it out. And like you said, I mean, I feel like it's even beyond the dream. For those of you not in comedy, like especially in LA to start like a monthly show or a weekly show or whatever, just to be able to run it for a year and have it decently attended. It's is, hard. Is, is, uh, that's, that's an incredible yeah. feat for someone like him to run for anybody, not someone like for anybody, but for what he has done to run a show that goes from, okay, it's at the Hollywood Improv Lab, which is an iconic space in the lab. Like that's, okay, that's awesome in itself to make it so big that it goes to the Hollywood main room. That's like 
the best case scenario. So to even the fact that it's at the biggest comedy festival in the world, there's people paying money to produce it. It's the biggest comedian stars in the world. Like it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like overnight sensations don't happen overnight. Like you see some kid get drafted into the NFL and make millions. And it's it's more, yeah. It's also just, we get, I think sometimes we all get so frustrated in this thing that it is nice just to see nice things happen. Cause a a lot of nice things do happen. In whether it be comedy or music or whatever, all that we do, and so that's that's tight to see. Yeah. You know, like, that's cool. Like I, I, you know, playing football, I have people that have now made it to NFL, and some have retired since or whatever. But like, oh, it is cool to see that this person made it. Yeah, to the NFL. You know, out of all, all of us, he got. You know, he's getting money. He made the he made the big leagues. Uh, before we get out of here, it's uh, our other favorite segment, Danny's ism. I like to call it life lessons with Danny. What do we got? My ism this week is trust your taste. So I've been like super doing a lot of stuff, you know, with doing a lot of new things with special, shooting a special, um, shooting shorts and stuff, yeah. doing things I didn't go to school with. And I think sometimes when you're in these spaces or like on sets that are bigger than I'm used to for podcasting. Right. And sometimes I feel like my default is to just uh, trust other people's expertise. Right. A little bit of I, imposter syndrome. Because I'm not as much of an expert. I haven't yeah. been there before. But Taste isn't something that you can teach. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we underestimate how valuable taste is because technical expertise can be taught to pretty much anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like going to school, pretty much anyone can learn, you know, math and algebra and certain things, whatever. Right. But taste is a, such a obje- uh, subjective and uh, just unteachable, intangible thing that mm-hmm. – Trust that more than because I don't know it, the proper way to say something or right. the proper thing on uh, every different lens or different whatever. Yeah. Because um, there's people that can do that, mm-hmm. but, but not everyone can like have good taste, and that's yeah. something that I've been having to overcome a lot lately. I mean, honestly, to build on that, like, because if because if, if you're not trusting your taste, then you're doing things because of what you think other people are gonna like, and that's gonna yes. Either when it's not gonna work out, it's gonna be frustrating. Like, why didn't I trust myself? Or if it does work out, there's gonna be a point where it gets exhausting, where you're like, this is an authentic yeah. to myself, and now I don't want to do it, so it's not gonna have the longevity. And that's what's happened a bunch of times over, where it's like, well, shit, this person kind of knows what they're doing, but they kind of don't, right? Because they, because sometimes also when you have passion towards something, then that also can affect the actual product. Uh, the final product more yeah. so than them knowing exactly what to do or whatever. So it's just trust your taste. If you have, you feel like you have good taste, you can curate things, whether it be experiences, clothes, feelings, whatever it is. Trust right. that because I mean, you got good taste in podcast hosts. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's another episode of Callbacks, little babies. Thank you all so much. Thank you to all our colleagues. Uh, make sure you check yeah. the link in bio on both of our Instagrams to check out the shows that we're on. I'm gonna be Minnesota October 20th and 21st. I'm gonna be Burbank. Uh, September 28th. Yeah. Every second Sunday of the month. I'm in Glendale, California, Campfire Stories. Yeah. Uh, we love you so much. August 28th, shooting a special. Pull yeah. up. Tickets are going. There's not a lot of tickets left. And are they free? Yeah. You crazy man. He's giving it away for yeah. free? Uh bring your laughter. Truly, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, share with a friend. That really means a lot to us. Have a good life. Get them safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.